Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Today on Cannabis Legalization News... We have the key differences in the Minnesota bill, so we're going to go over those two. Maryland has legalized cannabis, and they have an effective date that'll be coming up shortly. Then there's some federal news that we have about uh, testing policies, and then we have an incentive to initiative. <laughs> incentive. It, it says initiative. Initiative to legalize recreational weed that could be coming to a November ballot in Ohio. Oregon has some news about their secretary, who's also a cannabis consultant. Bad news out of Wisconsin, which is par for the course. Point of order, I actually got my law degree up there. Haven't been able to do any work in that state. May never be able to. We'll find out. A California bill would mandate marijuana debtors without a hearing. A Pinellas County judge, that's in Florida, denied a defendant's use of medical marijuana and told her to use Xanax. New York has budget includes 16 million to combat illegal dem dispensaries. And then Willie Nelson turned 90 and had one heck of a concert. Let's get into cannabis legalization news for this week.
What's happening, Niggy? How have you been? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and especially our members. If you guys want anything, hit up the chat. Give us a like or something. Members, they get videos first, by the way. So we dropped a video uh, yesterday about Canacon. Niggy mm. and I are going to be in New Mexico, so come check us out in New Mexico on the 18th in about two weeks. And, oh. and then... We publish that first to our members, and then eventually we make it live on the channel. And we're more than just a, a, a podcast YouTube channel, man. We're a live stream. We do this every Sunday live, like for the most what, four years now. We mm-hmm. used to do it four twice years. a week live. Yep. And yep. so, as the kids say, we're a stream, too. Oh, so, yeah. Totally streaming, guys. Yeah, don't forget to smash those likes, click subscribe, all that. That's stuff. it. But, as I, I was digging into that YouTube algorithm thing I was telling you about, mm-hmm. you really have to say what you're doing and, and tell the computer, hey, we're just educating people and, right. and talking about the policy and the law. We're trying to make people's lives better, especially all the prisoners. They should not be in there, by the way. Right. Speaking about making lives people's lives better, our lead story as out of Minnesota. We can't wait for that application round to, to hit because... We'll be helping people get their licenses in Minnesota. But this is a, an interesting story that came out. Do you know what the possession limits are in Minnesota and how much cannabis is going to be allowed? No. What's the breakdown? Oh, it's ridiculous. Like the, the breakdown is, I think it's in the pounds. And so like the one out of the house, let's see here, the house, they said how many? Uh, 1.5 pounds, regardless of source. And then the one in the, the Senate allows five pounds of cannabis flower from home cultivation. And so Minnesota's bill also legalizes home grow. And then I think it's charming that all the states have these possession limits that, you know, anybody who's growing at home are going to be way over immediately. So they tried to address that. But uh, we're talking about 1.5 pounds or five pounds. We got to get that reconciled down so that it could be a unified bill and be signed by their governor. And that's where we're at now, right? Which is the House and Senate. They reconcile the, the bill. Here you could do something like, say, five pounds and then the wording, right? So I really think they should do the five pounds with wherever it's from, not just homegrown statement, because it's all about words matter when it comes to the law, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Senate bill has a 10% of gross receipts tax, whereas the House bill taxes it at 8% and then has policymakers adjust it and starting in 2027. And so, these are both on top of standard sales tax. Geez, so see both relative sales tax, thirty-seven percent. That's uh, I think that's Washington State. So both numbers are relatively low compared to most other states, comma, which have retail sales up to rates of thirty-seven percent. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were gonna do like a flexible mortgage thing where we can keep raising the taxes whenever we want. We'll start low, mm-hmm. which. Oh, I really hope they can reconcile to a lower tax overall. Just would benefit both the people in the industry and the consumer. Yeah, and it also, if you want to get rid of the legacy market and you want to make those legacies get licensed, having limited licenses and high taxes does not work with that policy goal of Ooh. saying that everybody who's going to be out there slang and weed has to have a license. No, for sure, dude. You're just begging seal for the fire. Just as I saw in California, how it's thriving online. There's a website. I just got a notification for their new drop. I'm like, oh, this is great. I just wish I was down there. Are they calling it THCA flower at least? Or is it just that's the industry in California you can have online sales? The It's the still a traditional market is 
that's thriving, right? So this mm-hmm. people, it's word of mouth, and that's, that's the gray area that cannabis has been in still, or the outlaw industry, where you can't have advertising, but you want to advertise, and, and we do everything word of mouth. Like this T-shirt I'm wearing right now is a a thing of the past. It used to be a cannabis market, a farmers market that we had here, and mm-hmm. they would, people would just bring pounds and then sell grams, dimes, eighth, whatever to everybody, or pounds, whatever thing mm-hmm. was but uh, did they have licenses at least or was no. it just free-for-all no it was it was again the rule of the law was medical so they were all medical patients in a commune pretty much community type mm-hmm. a private club situation where again really? it's all about the legal rigmarole you're willing to go through and then and it was nice to have these markets and places to go and but i totally forgot what we we're talking about because i just rambled on no cannabis markets back in the old country the past yeah. in seattle washington uh the taxes uh, right the taxes. and then speaking of taxes maryland has also legalized yeah. it maryland legalizes recreational marijuana sales and so they have july 1st will be the date that it becomes legal to buy and sell cannabis in maryland and that is senate bill 516 that was passed by lawmakers and includes taxes and social equity the criminalization of marijuana harmed low-income communities and communities of color in a profound way, says he. That was Maryland Governor Wes Moore. He signed this legislation on Wednesday. So look out, Maryland. You're going to have some social equity licenses. I believe it is also a limited license state. And then it's 1.5 ounces of marijuana and can grow two plants at mm. home. Two plants. All right. At least it's home grow, right? They got something. I always, dude, when I saw this article, I totally forgot Maryland was a state, even though I practically lived there for six months. Really? You That's forget hilarious. about Maryland. No one really, uh, it's a size of six city. million people that live in Maryland. It's a, it's a, it's got some population. How many people yeah, do live well, in Maryland? It's a beautiful country. And then in, between Maryland and Delaware now, yeah. I mean, they're locking in that little corner though. Right. And it's 6.1 million. It's also going to be limited licenses. I'm not sure if they have the number of limited. They do have the social equity, social equity applications and 65% ownership in an individual. And they have oh, to wow. prove, and it's DIA style, disproportionately impacted area mm. for five of the last 10 years or attended a public school in that area because I don't understand like the social equity aspects where they just turn random people into millionaires. I don't think that's a really good policy goal, but Hey man, we have that 8% or 9% chance of winning that dispensary license in Illinois. Yeah, no, the rulemaking process seems ridiculous as it is already, but yeah, I mean, it's the whole like going to school, public school, or even in your guys' state getting shot at, like, what, what do you, like how much of this are you drinking before you go, let's make some rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's quite a lot. I'm assuming quite a lot, but uh, 6.1 million people. And then I'm going to have to check on this SB 516, make sure that it's in our databases and create a lot of content where cannabisindustrylawyer.com. That's where we're having it. Oh, you have it here too. Well, yeah, we'll also be going over it on cannabis legalization news. I might even make some little content for it. I know that we're going to be doing a webinar for the Missouri micro licenses that'll be opening in approximately a month on June 6th. Those come out. Maryland's hopefully maybe another six months. It's one of those deals where they take some time because they've passed it. It was, you know, they voted for it. They now have the enabling statute, enabling statutes through. It's been signed by the governor. 
from there, it might be three months, it might be six, it might be 12, we'll find out. And then depending on like the ease of the application that you're going to be going over, right? Like New Mexico. Oh, it's not easy. Like Maryland's looks like it's going to be fairly complex. And then with the 65% ownership for the social equity requirements, there's going to be some tomfoolery going on. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened here in Washington, dude. There's so many hurdles and it's disgusting. Even with this newest social equity round they put out there, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The, the, you couldn't the, qualify. Your social pittance. equity in Illinois. But, not, what's not your own state. That's what weird. is it though when you get the, the little like the the, 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 the the stuff that makes hot dogs like the, the pittings like that's what it seems oh. like these millionaires are giving like off the here we're only going to give you stores right now or these are the yeah. rule makers I, yeah yeah I don't like hot dogs but again it's I've been a vegetarian <laughs> for years so it's one of those things and it wasn't just because I didn't like hot dogs by the way oh and then check out facebook.com backslash free thc that's where Miggy shares the dank memes there and then of course on our instagram that's at cannabis industry lawyer on ig we should probably try to go live before these shows just because like gin up some more viewers i guess mm, oh, i get it we definitely should do some more stuff and i think it, it, it's coming around and i think we're going to be stepping up i can't wait to new mexico coming up here in, in albuquerque i haven't been to albuquerque before i've been through it once I took a train cross country as a kid back and forth mm -hmm. finding myself <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I really hope that I see some clients out there. So clients, hit me up. I should do an email blast, I guess, next Sunday. I'll do one. And then I've been talking to the clients that I have out in. A lot of them are in the Las Cruces area because it's right next to Texas, to be honest. But I have at least one in Albuquerque. And so I'll be following up with Lewis. I'm really looking forward to Albuquerque. The, just the Canacon experience, dude. If it's anything like any of the other places that I've gone through, like I miss conventions and social events, dude. Like I've had to buy so many lighters since the pandemic. Like before yeah. the pandemic, I never had to buy a lighter because I just go to these events and I was just part of the swag bags. Yeah, swag bags will be in full effect over there. So I'm excited for New Mexico. I haven't been out to see you in a couple of years we came out in 21 but yeah. that was that's been two years now I, time just goes by doesn't it being in person too it's going to be such a good experience to to meet other people to perhaps maybe for future content to, to either interview or being in person like doing the whole thing we're doing online we've been doing this before it was online right covid made everybody a podcast or whatever now of but course. we were doing the yeah. youtube a streaming slash podcast before that but yeah that's that's good news coming up though that's yeah, new federal news we do let's cover some federal news before the 20th the 20 past the hour so federal transportation agency finalizes new marijuana testing policies to reduce false positives Maggie, what did you read about this story this week so this is focusing on the saliva test which i didn't realize there was a difference in saliva and urine as far as the length in the body goes right i mm -hmm. just assumed liquid again i'm not a scientist uh, doctor so play one on tv that's it but i just didn't didn't know that it stayed longer i know say where you're in like i've always for my jobs it's been uh, it stays in your fatty cells so you stop smoking like a week beforehand before you know you have a test let alone if you're in the military and there's a pop-up and then that was always a fun one like i'd stop smoking on say a friday hoping i'd flush out by monday or something but you take your chances and the saliva thing, they're saying they want to do less false positives. But again, 
it's like the 0 0.08, 0 0.08 alcohol. These are all arbitrary numbers that we're trying to find a bad guy with. So, Everybody's you know, trying it, to find bad guys. Okay. Yeah, with alcohol too. The we know the consumption is different from the body fat. Like a bigger person can drink more and not be so intoxicated per se, but doesn't work the same for cannabis. You no, know, the body fat's not a factor except for how long it stays in your system. It's not a. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it is. It's one of those types of deals. We don't drug test here at Collateral Base, but if we did, we'd be like, what drugs are we testing? But the thing is, though, this is the next conversation is what is intoxicated? What is high? That's the word that we're going to have to use now because intoxicated is not the word because there's no toxin about cannabis. There's nothing toxic about it, opposed to alcohol. Mm -hmm. but they aren't going to invent new words for cannabis. No, but it would be only because yeah. it would convey the experience better than saying intoxication yeah you know who does invent new words drug companies Keytruda, ozempic all of oh, these yeah, they're yeah. made up words you want to know why i know why and it's a legal reason for it trademark Branding. law oh trademark okay. law and so if you make up a word it's arbitrary i made it up you're gonna probably not have any trademarks you're infringing on and so you're gonna have your trademark granted it'll still take nine months but you might not get an office action because you made up a freaking word and that's why they use them they just well, create a random word. Not just random words, but random experiences. And I think it, the one you just talked on, Keytruda, is one. It's like for Botox shots and also other purposes. Uh, shin, just one of those like, like weed. Like, but weed really does it. Oh, yeah. We both hit the same time. Hey, it is 20 past the hour, which means that if you're watching us from New York, it's 420, not somewhere, like where you live. We'll be right back. Uh, apologize for that. My, my mouse just decided to stop working for me. So I'm like, and I'm powerless. Granted, I'm on a laptop. I could have used something else, but still. The important thing, though, we have done an okay job of opening the New York office. We're just a consultancy out there. I have some lawyers that I work with that are licensed in New York, but I don't want to do legal work. I just want to be a consultant out there. And if you guys would be so kind, we're going to drop that into the chat and you can go leave us a review. And if you put keywords like cannabis or startup or operating, that would be nice. Let me see here. Can I hit copy, copy, copy and paste into the comments and paste on over there. This is terrible. So Just, you said this. Oh, I almost hung up the feed trying to hit paste. Careful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right click um, and paste. Tom has hung up before. It's okay. I have. Remember that one time? If you guys were watching the show back then, when I tried to zoom in on a news story we were going over and I hung up the feed, smash that like. That was pretty fun of you. Hey, so you're saying this Cloudberry by Stony Branch is a CBD? Yep, that's. CBD and they were a client. I haven't done any work for them in a while, but they're mm. in hemp, so they don't need a lot of work that is actually going to get done. And they are a hemp farm in the state of Illinois. They make some high quality CBD products. Stony Branch Ag. I can taste the, uh, so this one's called Clawberry, but it reminds me of this cherry something I've had before that was CBD brand. So I'm wondering mm. if there's something derivative about the strain and the cherry and berry that's CBD oriented. I don't know. 
Perhaps, but then there's a lot of fruity strains. And so everybody likes the fruity strains and the purple ones. That's true too. Now you're just cultivating, right? You're tailoring, just we've been breeding animals, breeding plants for thousands of years. Correct. And I tell you, following that public comment period, the oral saliva testing rule will take effect on June 1st. So that's good. The Federal Transportation Agency is going to have a different oral saliva method to test for fewer false positives, by the way. So you're not going to pee in a cup and test positive a month later. That is, that's good news. Yeah. And I got one more take out of it was too for in future for like truck drivers. We have mm-hmm. a lot of viewers and members that are uh, truckers, and this because it's a, what was the uh, the Department of Transportation that, that that lays this rule for the police to like you know you're an offender, mm-hmm. probably going to yep. be like now we have a rule that we can catch the bad guys with the bad truck drivers. It's kind of shame like, on you guys, yeah, bad truck drivers. Uh, What's going to happen though? No, I don't. they're going to catch the same bad happen. truck drivers that they caught like this time. Oh, no. say, you know what I mean? Like, people are still consuming and being, but now they're just being cautious and paranoid. Whereas, if you get this rule that you're saying I can enjoy my weekend now, hey, that's life changing mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Uh, it sure is, and that's good. There's going to be fewer people fired, yes, for cannabis use in the trucking industry. However, they should still it should be legal and it should be federally legal because then a lot of these trucking companies have to comply with federal regulations so that's a bummer yeah then again it's an arbitrary number just like a dui would this still be a dui though right driving under the influence yep it's it's still yeah i think it's still a dui i don't know why it wouldn't be oh i keep thinking the acronym like drunk d for drunk (laughs) but then sometimes it's dwi sometimes it's owi sometimes it's oui or dui and so driving under influence or Driving while intoxicated, operating yeah. is the O. So it just depends what state you're in. Speaking of state, we got some news out of Ohio. Ohio, Ohio is making some moves, and that move is to legalize it by ballot initiative. And they have given their legislature, which of course is Ohio is a swing state, but it's about a 54 40, what is that, 54 46 split between Democrats and Republicans. And therefore, it may not get out of the legislature, even though they do have a pretty decent medical program of hundreds of thousands. I want to say they're getting up to 300,000 patients now in yeah. Ohio and 144 dispensaries. We actually helped somebody into the lottery last time in 21. Unfortunately, the guy didn't win. Mm. Sometimes you don't win the lottery. No, that's why it's a lottery. With, with Ohio, and I know you, the reason why it's not going to pass uh, it's, of course, you, you pointed out the uh, the partisanship of the region, but it's just the leaderships because cannabis is an American issue. It's not a uh, red and blue issue. It's a like I was thinking about making a video the other day for clicks and likes and shit. Was uh, oh clickbait videos? Those yeah. are the best. I'm gonna title it uh, "It's uh, Cannabis Too Woke for Republicans." they like to use that word a lot. And, You're and going to trigger some people? You're going to trigger some hard's? I think I could trigger uh, the R's? Trigger the hard R's. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I will do another one to trigger the left called Ooh. social equity is garbage. Something like that. Just to get everybody <laughs> pissed off. And then we have to make the explanation video first so that after we've upset somebody, you can then show them the explanation video. And uh, that has to be a Rick roll. And so like 
during the explanation video where we're like, you've been had, it just switches to the Rick Roll video. Who right. is that? Ron, Ron Ashley? Is that yeah, the Rick, never going to give you up? Rick Ashley. Yeah, I don't even know the guy. But I, I know the concept of the Rick Roll. No, and I get it. I mean, it's just that as someone who's not been, like, I, I didn't vote until my first year in the Navy or so. And, and Yeah, but what, didn't you, how old were you when you got in the Navy? Like 23. Okay, I guess you've had five years of vote, maybe like one to three elections. Cause, yeah, you know. but even then I didn't really care so much because I knew enough that I wanted to be independent. I didn't want to show allegiance to either side because neither side shown anything great to me per se at the time and especially the republican side they were very conservative supposedly right at the time right. conservatives meant politics, fiscal stuff balance but your it, budgets yeah then stop uh, us buying 500 hundred dollar hammers like that was an right. issue back in the day when i'm sure with so, inflation those hammers are now twelve hundred dollars right and then just like stupid shit like that and then when i joined the military you like I was just voting to my, my wife voted like for the Republicans because they were doing the whole like more money to the, the troops thing, which, mm-hmm. hey, we all love raises. And it did happen one time. But the, for the most part, you know, the big picture shit, I never really cared about until actually I got out because then I really realized I had a voice because when you're in there, when you're in the military, there's a thing called uh, you fight for freedom, but you don't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a, uh, you got to learn to tow the boot a little bit, you know? The... Yeah. Okay. I think we've earned this bumper. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to this Ohio story, by the way. Ohio lawmakers have until Wednesday to pass the law, but that's not likely to happen. We've already discussed it. It has to do with the R's and the D's. If no action is taken on the proposed law, supporters can start collecting signatures and get the proposal on the ballot. The coalition would need 124,000 signatures from registered voters from 44 of Ohio's 88 counties before July 5th. So if you're in Ohio and they don't do it, find somebody, find one of those initiatives, get your state on the ballot for cannabis legalization. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a way for them, like normal. I know for us, they'll submit an email. You can just click the button, and then it'll send it to all your representatives. I love it. that way. Yeah, shout out to normal. They're the best. We got to have more people from normal on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, The podcast is just, we have people that ask to come on, like, daily. I just get so inundated by people that are like, can I come on the podcast? And they have publicists that reach out. We have prepared something for these publicists. I put it in the show notes somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. It's S-P-O-N. Uh, uh-huh. One, two, three. And there it is. There it is. And so this is, you, know, you can find us actually at our website. We do have one. I just never really improved it. But now we do have a sponsor Hey, don't you want to sponsor Cannabis Legalization News? Your brand could be bringing this show to the audience right now. And that's what we've done. We've added a sponsor page on Cannabis Legalization News. And so now I can just email those publicists back and be like, here you go. And say, if you want to come on the show, $500. And then if you want to do the 420 somewhere and just be a smaller one, 99. And then if you want a whole Megillah, we'll do a write-up and an email blast, 994. I will see how... That place, but and I'll wear your shit. What's that? And I'll wear your shit. 
Oh, yeah, and I'll wear your shit. Don't forget about that. I'm going to put that as one of the uh, features, by the way. The whole fucking, I will wear your shit. Yep, yep. Social Blue Book. And the reason we know how to price this is because, like, we have this Social Blue Book website, which only loads when I'm not on the air live. Uh, and I'll see if that, it's still giving me the circle you of You got a lot of tabs, okay. dude. You got a lot of tabs. I, I, gotta, I might want to I might want to go ahead and close up some of these here tabs, but... Uh, this is what we base our prices on because we have about 500,000 fans with the vast majority being at Facebook, which there's 455,000 on cannabis legalization news's Facebook page. And you can find it. Remember, it's just facebook.com backslash free THC. If you try to find it, they may ask you if you have a problem with drugs. I'm sorry. It's, uh, yeah. it's possible. Just, just type in the URL, you better off. But and that's another thing I'm hoping for CannaCon. I just really looking forward to meeting these brands and giving them an opportunity to be like, Hey, because oh, uh, I really think you know, we weren't cannabis related. We'd already have like a YouTube plaque and all the other bullshit that comes along with that, right? Like, I'm going to start doing collateral based stuff. And so, collateral basis, and so I'm going to actually be doing like a, an incubator deal with 30 days to start your cannabis business, which, and then of course, I'll just cross the word cannabis off and so right. scrub it because then I can find all the traffic. So, like the lookalike traffic but i can't serve them ads at all so you need this split brand over there if we were just talking about like applesauce and shit dude but anyway we'd be like i complain we'd be the most hardcore applesauce channel out there yeah get sauced cinnamon Cinnamon. cinnamon's the best in applesauce what's which style of applesauce do you like i like the new england style of applesauce I didn't even know they had styles of applesauce. What do you, what okay. do you pair yours with? Mine's pork chops. Pork chops oh. and applesauce. Pork chops and applesauce. Uh, these poor people that tuned in. Okay, so let's get back to the cannabis legalization news show. Now in progress. The problem hey. was, like, I found that. And then which one? Okay, so we talked about Ohio. I think we beat that one to death. Yeah, we did. And now we have a good one for oh, you yes. Oregon. Have you heard the news of Oregon? The Secretary of State resigns amid her criticism of being a cannabis consultant. And she was consulting with a, a social equity applicant, which is even more. She, I, I, she, I don't know if she was a so I don't know if Oregon has social equity per se, but she's a minority woman owned business. So Secretary of State Shima Fagan will resign next Monday, a little less than a week after news broke of her moonlighting for a troubled cannabis company that played a key role in an audit conducted by her office. Yeah, there's nothing shady there. Totally shady. <laughs> but like, you're so used to it by now. I'm surprised that even someone stepped up and cared. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that. What do you mean there's money and influence in politics in the cannabis industry? Duh. When you look at the governing bodies too for each state, right? It's it's another cartel in itself because our body, the Washington State Liquor Control Board, or no, now Cannabis Board, mm-hmm. they are appointed by the governor, yeah. and then they stay forever. There's no, they go on tours, preaching hmm. about the laws or talking about what how well they've done because they were appointed, and yeah. make money off of their little freaking circuit doing it that way. But they're not really contributing to like the greater conversation. I really don't think there's some stuff that's been done that they can shake themselves in the back. But then again, I don't. I also think that it's the cutthroat aspect of it as well. Uh, Do we have that up on the show? Yeah. Okay. Great. So like this part of the article, like 
get into some of the nitty gritty about what she was actually into and doing. Mm. And so she had a $10,000 a month contract with La Mota, which is just a slang term in Spanish for cannabis that you yeah. smoke. A cannabis company who also donated $45,000 to her campaign, by the way. Interesting that the Secretary of State's office in Oregon only pays $77,000 a year. You can't live on that in Oregon. No. That's crazy. That is crazy low, but uh, using that as an excuse to why you, you had a side hustle with the, the same business you're in charge of? Yeah, it, it is. And so she was for lobbying for less regulation. Go figure. I wonder why. And let's see. But then this right here. The Oregon Ethics Committee, the Government Ethics Committee Commission, began investigating her contract on April 28th in response to a written complaint and has since received a second written complaint. So who do you think sent those written complaints? Do you think it was people at La Mota? I no. don't. But I think it might have been one of La Mota's competitors who found oh, 100%. out. Yeah. 100%. No, that, that's definitely a... And again, the, the shadiness in cannabis and then sometimes the people in charge or who got certain positions. Right. And it never bewilders me or surprised me when something new like this pops up where you're like, oh... Great. Someone was profiteering off of their position and right. or, or they're appointed a position because even with like, the social media game, there's I, mean, I can't get into this personal bullshit that I'm, I'm being petty now, but that's just. Oh, <laughs> well, hey, dude, you have a podcast. You might as well be petty on your own podcast. If you can't, then where can you? That's uh, true still, story. I really like this aspect of the story myself. They talk about the governor urged the commission to investigate and asked the Department of Justice to analyze the recent Secretary of State audit of the cannabis industry for any influence Fagan had on that. It Man. indicated looser regulation would help the industry. So the $10,000 a month contract that La Mota had was value conferred. That's, that, that's not, not sus at all. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're talking to 10 year olds out there. Come on, let's now react to us playing. What was that game? Among with us. the sus among us. Yes. Yeah. We have to talk about among us because we live in 2023 and children are watching YouTube. That's how it is. They're the next voters, right? They are. The children are our future. And that's one of the reasons why we're all screwed. <laughs> we got some Wisconsin news. Oh, speaking of being screwed, but on this, I'm going to see if I could like a little bumper so I have at least six seconds to be able to get something else to drink because I have finished my tea. Why don't you hit the bumper and then start the next news? Hey, but we do shit I wasn't expecting because this clearly is shit that I had been expecting. Which bumper you want? I'm going to take a 420 break. Shit. A long one. Yeah, All right. Good. Shit, I was expecting news. Wisconsin GOP lawmakers strip marijuana legalization from governor's budget in joint hearings. Get it? Oh, but I usually don't see puns as headlines from Marijuana Moment. I guess they slipped one in there. I don't think. Or it, it actually was pun. a joint section. Yeah. I, I just hear that in my head. I think we all the time I see shit. Yeah. The 10-year-old in me, just like when I hear the word, I don't know, boobies or something. Titmouse? There you go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. 
In a non-surprising news, Republican lawmakers have removed proposals to legalize marijuana for recreational and medicinal use from the governor's executive budget of 23 to 2025. That's yep. some booty. That is, that's a congressional term of two years. And so that makes sense. You know, the problem is, too, is the governor's a Democrat, so most likely they would have voted for it. Mm-hmm. At the legislature's Joint Finance Committee on Tuesday, members voted 12 to 4 to eliminate the provisions from his budget that includes measures on legalizing, taxing, and regulating cannabis in the state. We even tweeted Governor Tony Evers, legalizing and taxing marijuana, I propose legalizing and taxing marijuana, much like we already do with alcohol, which would help us compete with other states for talented workers and have more resources to invest in critical state priorities like K-12 education. The man Mm -hmm. sees the fucking future. He's not wrong, folks, but the Republicans in Wisconsin do not care. And so he haven't had a tweet. They have a $7 billion surplus in Wisconsin. Yeah, but apparently they don't like money in Wisconsin yeah. or, or freedom. But then here's another quote. It's unfortunate that Republicans again chose to ignore the will of the majority and remove cannabis legalization from the state budget. That's the Senate minority leader, Melissa Agard. This would help workers in Wisconsin, right? Like, because I've been through Wisconsin, and no, I'm thinking, never mind. It was uh, Wyoming. I've been there all kinds. I drive a lot. <laughs> I used to at least. Yeah, no, I go there all the time. And but I graduated from Marquette. I'm going to be in Wisconsin in a few weeks because I have my 15th law school reunion that I'm going to be going to. I need to send some marketing emails for that, by the way, nice. and. Uh, yeah, but don't, I never work there. I don't have any clients north of the border. And it would be great if they would legalize it because I would make some money. And then yeah. we could help some people in Wisconsin get licensed and operate in the cannabis industry. Wisconsin like would have, they would have the best edible cheese. Can you imagine the market they have on infused cheese? Infused cheese. That's right. Republicans, I mean, and this is Latanya Johnson, and she must be a senator. In Wisconsin, Republicans removed marijuana legalization from Governor Edwards' budget, ignoring two-thirds of Wisconsinites who support it. Their stance is even more ridiculous with untaxed Delta-8, which is nearly indistinguishable from traditional THC, and that is widely available in Wisconsin. Oh, man, it just makes sense. Why do these guys hate cannabis and cannabis policies? and Even medical, right? You could have let medical pass. You could have, oh, we don't yeah. agree recreational, but medical right. could be a chance. Could have been, could have, would have, should have, didn't I? Because right. the Tavern League in Wisconsin, which runs Wisconsin, by the way, if it would eat into alcohol profits, they don't want it. See, this is where it needs to be pointed out that they are so adamant against anything cannabis that they're not going to give a chance for people to have an alternative, healthier choice, the citizens to have a healthier well-being. If you're telling people you can't have medical in Wisconsin, that's just, you're drawing the line a little too far there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, that is uh, drawing the line a little bit too far. And there we go. Talk to the audience. America needs medical cannabis. Yeah. Why can't we just have, can they legalize it just medically in Congress, please? Uh, Something, anything. Come on, Congress. What the hell? We're a vitamin THC deficient, man. I'm telling you. It's the problem is it's the money. That's what it is. Yeah. Since the uh, money got into politics, this, the country really stopped working except for the money. Yeah. DC. Yeah. It's its own circle jerk. 
I've heard that about DC. So we got coming up next. Yeah. Let's see. We have a California story next. Let's bring up the California story. This one's out of Reason Magazine. Reason Magazine is reporting that California would mandate punishing marijuana debtors without a hearing, which that kind of stunk and sucks. Addressed an unpaid debt bubble, the proposed law would dictate contract terms and requires regulators to intervene in commercial disputes. So that is interesting. So even if this bill passed, though, like the lawsuits would ensue because the, even the debtors would be like, yo, this is unconstitutional. Forcing people to to spill their coffers? or Yeah, it's introduced by a Ting, a nice guy. Let's see, Phil Ting is a Democrat out of San Francisco. And then they want to require cannabis license holders to pay bills for goods or services of $5,000 or more within 15 days of the final date listed on the invoice. And so if it says due upon receipt, you got 15 days to pay that bill, mm-hmm. all of them. And so could you imagine another company being mandated to pay their bills? No, imagine even like Amazon was in the red for the longest time, right? Yeah. It doesn't work. You're allowed to be in debt. <laughs> It's people's yep. choice to do business with you or not. But then it, it, it they say this would lead to suspension or revocation of licenses if they don't pay their balance off in full within 30 days of notices. And so when a buyer misses a state prescribed deadline, the seller would be required to file a report with the Cannabis Department of Cannabis Control, the DCC. And that would be then required to notify the buyer of the violation and commence a disciplinary action. There's just no way that is going to happen. The real power here is the license, right? So mm-hmm. if they're going to say they're going to revoke the license. They can do that much, right? But they just can't tell you, you know, we need to tap into your bank account. Yeah. Yep. And they, they also then reached out to one of the lawyers in Harris Bricken. That is one of the old G's of cannabis law. They had the Canna Law blog. They believe they still have the Canna Law blog, and that's Harris and Bricken. They don't have an office in Illinois. Neither does Vincente, which used to be Vincente Cedarburg. Uh, and I just think it's because Illinois' cannabis industry, not that big, or it's huge. And so there's the huge players that have the Fox Rothschilds of the world's representing them, and then there's nobody. What, no lawyer at all? There's just no industry. And because if there was more of an industry, if my clients would be more likely to call me in Illinois if they had money and they were operating. Right, right. But they don't. Yeah. Because what you do is comparable to when you did it for banking, what like businesses did you work for? Like what kind of? Community banks. And so I really rarely would work for like Bank of America or, or any of those large regional banks, but community banks with between 500 million and $5 billion, I'd say was right. our sweet spot. So you were dealing with like their contracts with their loans yeah. and not their finances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we did a lot of litigation for commercial loan disputes. So like yeah. I, I know how to capitalize a company then when I'm putting together these companies. So I will be able to have the secured transactions all collateralized sure. so that the investors have something they get paid back on. So I still use a lot of the stuff that I learned, but there's that. But you haven't been involved in any litigation with another, because I think that the important purpose you serve is say when conflict of contracts, when with somebody say I'm a store and there's a grower and you got a contract with me and you're not producing or what I'm asking for and I need it because my customers are asking for it. It's just various things yeah. like that for supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And contract demands. 
that's why yeah, I see your purpose. But there's right. no demand. And so that's the thing. Like all the all the operate there's out of all the licenses that have been given away in Illinois legalization in the past four years, a handful are open or open for business. There's Starbuds, and that's about end of the list for the craft grows. There's another one. Uh, Helios yeah. Labs has their operation certificate. There might be one more, but then they just lost their ass for three, five years because you have to spend all that money before you start farming and making any money. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem, right? To get the license to do it legally first before you plant the seeds. So yeah. it's Purple Appalachian, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. You Google normal Ohio and you will find them and then call them and get in touch Fair and see the what they're doing. You posted the link. All right. Oh. Yeah. So it's normal Appalachia, though. So remember we had them on the show. Yeah. It was like a normal Ohio. And then there was something going on with that. So the normal Appalachia is the actual only active group of those guys. All right. Which, Good. Yeah. Glad you shared that. Any news on NJ Growers Law yet? No, no. I'm still waiting for them to have the other classes of licenses open in New Jersey, by the way. The problems with New Jersey is the zoning and like the hard trick. The biggest trick in a New Jersey application is the real estate. Easier for growers than it is for retail locations. Real estate? Real estate. Yeah. And so it's easier to find compliantly zoned real estate for cultivation in New Jersey than it is for retail. Okay. I can see that. Yup. All right. What's the next story on the agenda today? We got a judge being a doctor. Oh, no, this one sucked. Yeah, so this bad. one was so freaking bad that I want to do one of these things. Can you believe this? Look at this. This is in Nellis County. That is a, in Florida, by the way, Tampa. They told that person to use Xanax instead of their medical marijuana. And Florida is a medical state. Correct. (laughs) And so they don't really protect their patients down in Florida, it appears. More than 800,000 Floridians have a medical marijuana card. That's impressive considering that there's approximately, what, 25, 26 million Floridians? So one, about only 5% of them. The, the problem is none of these judges have yet to recognize cannabis is actually an option of medicine where you could take an aspirin for a headache or a volume for, for depression. But yet I think the person here was experiencing anxiety. Right. I need to smoke on my, my probation or whatever. Right. Bullshit. I just think they're governing the bodies. It's a little excessive, right? Mm-hmm. She's no fan of it. She was appointed by Jeb Bush 20 years ago when he was governor of Florida after she served as a state prosecutor. And then she told this woman that at her age, she probably wasn't suffering from PTSD, cancer, and therefore she shouldn't use medical marijuana. And then the patient said that she used it to calm her anxiety. And the judge said anxiety is not a sufficient reason for taking cannabis. Thank you, Dr. Judge. Thank you, Dr. Dorothy Vaccaro. So dumb, though. I just, but this is a reoccurring issue when it comes to the law and cannabis, right? Like, even when Lance Gore was going to trial, they were, they referenced his pot shop as medicinal. It was a medicinal dispensary at the time, following all the medicinal rules, the medical rules. Yep. But it wasn't observed as federal law. So they didn't observe it as such, which is, 
you know, how how can you submit something in evidence on a, a on an equal basis, but yet because it's not federally established or considered a Schedule One drug, how do you, these people are making judgments and then they're backed by it? They're backed by a shitty schedule system. They're backed by a hundred years of prohibition. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's insane. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why you don't go to a judge when you want to see a doctor. Don't confuse those. You'll get bad advice from a judge when it comes to your medical care. Yeah, this is absolutely horrible. 800,000 patients, bro. That's awesome. That is yeah. freaking awesome. That's what Florida uh, is? Let's see. Florida. Yeah, but Florida, I, didn't, I haven't looked at the population of Florida oh, okay. forever. Population Florida. It is 21.7 million. And so it's even bigger than New York. Damn. Nice. Yep. And it is America's Wang, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> Florida. <laughs> America's Wang. It is like our little Italy. Correct. It's a little boot. I think uh, right. we have a New York story out yeah. of Gondrepreneur. And so Gondrepreneur is reporting and what. In fact, they're reporting about a New York budget that includes $16 million to combat the rampant unlicensed cannabis dispensaries. That's the easiest way to buy cannabis in New York, by the way, is at an illicit dispensary. They used to. And then thank you, New York, for showing us what balls are. And so (laughs) Florida is the Wang. New York's definitely the balls. And and Long Island's its Wang. But um everybody just set up food trucks people would call me like how do i start one of these food trucks in new york and i'm like i can't advise you on that at all those are all just illegal they're just doing it bro yeah oh they are okay and then (laughs) but that's the beauty of this plant and this law and and the things that happen right because i've always as i've always said man the even with the medical side of things it takes some of the balls and a little gut through to be like okay i'm gonna plant the seed i'm gonna start selling it and then to get the level like they're doing in california that i saw where you have a website like and i'll say it again han solo was a shitty smuggler because everybody knew who he was right and so that's right you know who was a good smuggler bobby tuna god rest his soul yeah Uh, he was a good smuggler now granted good smugglers can get caught and sent to federal penitentiary for many years and he did yeah but uh, i was glad that he had a second chapter in his life after he got out of prison and he would yeah. post pictures of himself fishing and he oh, had yeah. that deal with true leaf and so oh, i yeah. shit on true leaf but i respect that contract that they made oh 100 that's the thing though is like cannabis is that weird animal where it's still in, in many states where you just can't be out in the public you know, with banners and ads but yes some people are selling mushroom chocolate bars and <laughs> cannabis and online good mm-hmm. on you and yeah but what are they gonna yeah, and let's talk about what happens when they get caught. If we dig into the article, this new budget includes $16 million in funds to combat the unlicensed operators, and they are increasing fines for the illegal operators of $500 to $7,500 for the first time, and then penalties shall increase up to three times the amount of the tax that would have been collected on the sales. So this is the type of enforcement that I wish that everybody had. If you are out there slanging weed without a license, they go, you're going to have to pay some penalties for that. And then also you're going to have to pay all the taxes. Uh, They aren't going to arrest you, but they are going to make you pay a lot of money. 
So keep fake books. Oh, gosh. There you go. <laughs> Can we see the real QuickBooks? QuickBooks. There's no, the bookkeeping on this illegal operation is kept to the minimum. We're trying to not have any records of this crime. Remember, even if you sell 100 pounds of weed, in your book it says 80 pounds. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, so when I get asked about there, because if that law were coming through, how do you punish? How do you gauge that punishment? How do you tax like what we thought you would have made or what we thought you made? You I don't know? know. That's the enforcement. So the issue's problem. Yeah. But this report in February conducted by MPG Consulting on behalf of multi-state operator Acreage Holdings, it's a whole bunch of murderers row of notoriousness of the MSOs right there, that sentence, suggests that the New York state does not get cannabis business license soon. It could cost the state $2.6 billion in tax revenues over eight years. And then it, it ends this article with one sentence. It says, New York's budget is more than a month late. Good work, New York. Damn. Their freaking mayor is again preaching from the podium about how kids are buying fentanyl and cannabis at the corner of bodegas and staring at TikTok all day. Yeah, it weird... sounds exactly like what children do. Yeah, no, there's this weird out-of-touchness that politicians, again, the fear-mongering, right? They're just out of touch. They are out of touch for reals, yo. For It's not... Nope, nope. But I think what we should do on that out of touch one is let's hit up this one because he only turns 90 once. Yes. Should this one be trend? I think this one's trending. Oh, did you see who turned 90? That's right. Willie the man Nelson turned 90 and lit up. For his massive 90th birthday celebration, he had one heck of a concert to turn 90. He did. Damn. Are there any more real cowboys? Neil Young sang that song on Saturday night at the Hollywood Bowl, and he was not headlining. So not only was Neil Young there, I think a lot of people were there. I saw Bobby Weir was out there. And Damn. Who else with Willie Nelson? Man, 90 days still out there. Good on him. That yep. When's this plant going to kill him? I don't know, but I'm trying to turn this one on without getting a look at this. And so let's see if we can hit pause on it at least. And then, I mean, how many famous people are right there on that stage with Willie Nelson? He inspired genres. Yeah, yeah. And he's 90. So whenever you have somebody ask what the long-term impacts of cannabis are, I want you to point out Willie Nelson is 90. And then also you can mention that Tommy Chong's in his 80s and that Raphael Michelum lived to be 92. And so did Lester Grinspoon, by the way. A lot of the advocates for cannabis are still here. Not Jack Herrer, but that was a different health problem. Yeah. And, but you get to show longevity. Like these guys still kicking it. I just, I, when I saw my grandma. Still smoking. Like, yeah. Still smoking. Yeah. But even at 90, though, like my grandmother at 93. I'm helping wow. her off the couch. Yeah. These guys are out playing guitar and out doing a thing that they've Finger been doing. Finger dexterity. Yeah. At totally. 90. Right. It's, it's something else. But I, I love that aspect of it. And we end, maybe we should try to end 
the show in the future with an uplifting story because we have to slog it out for another week. And people are like, oh, when federal legalization happens, you guys are going to have to stop this podcast. I'm like, yeah, but then I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It's one of those things where it's, yeah. And then, of course, it's going to be weird when it actually legalizes. There's going to be a lot of news then. I think it'll be a lot of news, but then it's going to be a whole new ballgame where less people be in jail. But now the rules are going to be placed. Now the country becomes New York City where people are posting their bodegas and doing their their things until the rules are sorted out. They've figured out how to regulate beer pretty well. Yeah. I think they could regulate weed pretty well. And you'd oh, still have the beer or I can go get a local one that's made yeah. in my city. You can go get a local beer that's brewed in Seattle. Everybody who's tuning in probably can, unless you're like really in butt fucking Egypt, you could go get that local flair. And actually that was, I was just on a news story in St. Louis. And so I said the exact same thing to the St. Louis news about that's what the micro licenses are really for, mm. to allow that local flair so that you actually have products that were grown and then sold where they were grown yeah there'll always be an option for a cannabis consume sort the local cannabis i think local cannabis just like local beer roasted coffee is going to be a thing into the future and that's going to be fun that'll be what i do in my 50s after it's federally legal we'll hope setting up craft cannabis companies all over the country and then maybe i can actually advertise for it as opposed to advertising for something else or even just at a farmer's market to see the local home grow guy selling his weed alongside the home brew guy and the potato guy no i've never been to a farmer's market with a beer we have beer I've here been to a... oh wow okay yeah. no i yeah i'm sure if we were in tennessee they'd also be like mm, especially not on sundays but it it's one of those deals where we have like local coffee that'll be there and like lots of food, local foods. Cheese and, and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And vegetables, that type of stuff. Weed's a vegetable. Weed is a flower. It's a botanical. Yeah. It's a horticultural product. It's a vitamin. It is. And with that, I think we have to go wrap it up because we're going to go talk to Zeta if he's there. Oh, cool. So yeah, tune in. There'll be another 420 somewhere coming. And if you guys want to be on it, we do now have a sponsorship section on cannabis legalization news where we can send you and then you can sponsor the show by the way yep help me help you help me help you change <laughs> the world for the better Damn right. until next time next sunday sunday